When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Some people just know there's a better way to do things, like bundling your home and auto insurance with Allstate, or hiring someone to move your piano instead of doing it yourself. So do things the better way. Bundle home and auto and save up to 25% with Allstate. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois. Hello, everybody. Oh, my gosh. We are in thick things here courtside with Christy and Gabe on the Her Hoop Stats Podcast Network. I am Christy Winter-Scott, joined, as always, by my guy, Gabe Ibrahim. Oh, my goodness. Gabe, I, you know, I'm still trying to recover from the semifinal games, the double overtime games, all these late night things. But there's so much to discuss about what happened prior to the semifinals. What do you think about what's happening in the WBA right now in the playoffs? Oh, uh, you know, it's pretty boring. And only a double overtime. <laughs> All right. I so I messed up yesterday. We had two, we had two semifinal games. I did not have afternoon caffeine, which oh, was okay. crucial. I needed yeah, yeah. some, I needed some, I needed a tea or a coffee at 3 p.m. because those games were going late. And yep. then it, it not only did the games go late, they were stressful as we will get okay. into later. Um, but yeah, no, I, I'm really excited to talk about the teams that have been eliminated because I've been thinking about a lot about them. I, I think a lot of them, you know, a couple of them are crossroads of the franchise. And I'm really, really excited to talk about Seattle. But before we do that, I want to remind everyone that you can follow uh, pretty much everything we do at Her Hoop Stats on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook, and make sure you subscribe over on YouTube where we actually broke down these semifinals games from last night, the game ones uh, that mean a lot to me personally, because I run the YouTube page. So if you guys like, like me, <laughs> go subscribe to the YouTube page. That'd mean a lot to me. Um, and you can follow me on Twitter at Gabe underscore Ibrahim and Christy. Where, where can the folks follow you? On Instagram and on the Twitter, on Twitter, <laughs> at Christy, C-H-R-I-S-T-Y-W, Scott, 
five, one, all hoops all the time, except for a little bit of family stuff in there sprinkled in. Not, not on the, not on the ticky talks yet. As you like Not to on call the ticky talks. I mean, I have a thing, but I, you know, that was over <laughs> the pandemic. I was doing the little, you know, savage trying to do that and hurt my back and stuff, but yeah, but now I'm good. Yeah. I'm not really on there like that. <laughs> okay. Okay. No, t- no ticky talk yet, but I do. All no right. ticky talking. No ticky talking. Let, let's get me. serious. Let's get serious for a second. <laughs> Got you. Let's go. Cause we have to talk about the Seattle storm. They lose yeah. in overtime in the second round of playoffs to the Phoenix Mercury, 85 to 80. Brianna Stewart. <laughs> On the sideline in a boot. Uh, Jewel Lloyd had arguably the worst playoff performance by far in her career. And one of yeah. the worst, I mean, 19 missed shots is the most you've ever seen in a playoff game. Oh, man. And Sue Bird is, at, is saying at the end of this game, I don't know if I want to come back. Like she was crying because the crowd was chanting one more year. Man. I was crying. I'm I sure ev- everyone was crying watching this. Is this the end? Is this the end for the Seattle Storm? Man, I, I think it's the end of a storied career, most likely, for Sue Bird. Never say never. And I'm not, I don't talk to Sue. She hasn't told me anything. <laughs> but I will say that that moment, the way Sue Bird played all game, that game, you could tell. And the same for Diana Taurasi, for that matter. The way that they both played that game, you could tell that they were on the precipice of it possibly being the last time they play in the WNBA, period. And the sense of urgency was super evident at the end. And you saw it on the face of Sue Bird, like you said. And that's going to make me start crying again. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, it was it was the most organically um, respectful moment that I've seen in sports in a long time. And it was, oh man. And to see Diana standing there with her, that did it for me too. I was like, man, they're like roommates, best friends from college, you know, and then here they are, you know, Mm -hmm. Sue's 40, about to be 41 years old. And, you know, they just lived their whole basketball lives together. And it it was just such a moment to observe. And I I think, uh, you know, Stewie said she wants to come back to Seattle. Um, you're, you're saying, will this be the end for that team as we know it? But I think you remove Sue Bird from that team. And I think it's changed it uh, whether or not Stewie yeah. comes back or not. And I hope she does, but if she doesn't, you know, figure it out. But I think it, it, that's just what it feels like for me. If Sue doesn't come back, that is going to be an entirely different dynamic. And it's, it's going to be a, a different look for sure without her presence. It made me sad. It, and it wasn't just like the post game because it just felt like it, Seattle was tired of the years. Like the years take a toll on you when you build something as great as they did and, and persevered through a whole hell of a lot. I mean, Brandon Stewart had to, had to go through Achilles surgery, missing a year. Sue Bird missed a year. They lost two of their best players in the offseason and still got the four seed. And, you know, if Brandon Stewart plays in this game, I, I'm, I'm sure we're talking about a different story here. Yeah. But it, it is it, it just felt like and we've seen this with a lot of teams, like when Minnesota's dynasty kind of came to a close. I think that was yeah. 2018. You kind of got that sense while you're watching. It's like this is this is it. Like this is this is not going to be the same once we come back next year. And, and for Seattle, like I don't if Sue doesn't come back, which it doesn't mm-hmm. look like she is. Even if she comes back, though, like, I don't think Jewel Lloyd's coming back. I thought Jewel 
she was frustrated and obviously that's because she wasn't making shots, but I think she was just, she was frustrated with like the situation and, and, and where she is in life. Like she, I think, you know, for me at least, right. If I was in her shoes, I'd be like, maybe it is time for a change. Maybe it's time Mm -hmm. to see what else is out there for for me. And she's a free agent. She's an unrestricted free agent. Sue Bird, that Brianna Stewart, Andrew Lloyd are all unrestricted free agents this summer. Obviously Seattle can core, I can put the core designation on one of them. I'm assuming it's going to be Brianna Stewart. So I'm assuming she's coming back. Um, right. it, it was a sincerely thing, tough yeah. thing to watch. We saw something so great and it to was. see it kind of to, to fall there was, was emotional to answer my own question. I think this is the end. I think this is the end of the Seattle storm yeah. as we knew it. I don't think Jewel Lloyd's coming back. I think there's been a lot of smoke from people I've talked to around the league. Like Brandon Stewart's probably going to be there because she's core. And then what team do you have left? You know, I mean, how confident are you in Seattle? If what I say is true, Sue Bird's gone. Jewel Lloyd's gone. Obviously, Alicia Clark and Natasha Howard have, have both left already. Right. What, who, who do you build around for Seattle? You have Brandon Stewart and who? Man, I, I, I think that just remains to be seen, right? I, I think that it's an opportunity for for players to to step into bigger roles. Mm-hmm. I mean, Mercedes Russell, I mean, she has played well. Uh, I don't yeah. know. I mean, I'm not saying that she's cord or, you know, a cornerstone, but I mean, it's an opportunity for her to to accept and embrace, you know, more of an opportunity <laughs> to to be that player she them. has to be a cornerstone to your point well, she has she to be a cornerstone yeah yeah she does but i, I that's the first person that popped in my mind so mm-hmm. i'm sure i'm not alone on that but i just think you know when when dynamics change and it's almost like in college when players graduate and there have been some some star underclassmen and then seniors go on and graduate and go to the WNBA. Now you're a junior, you know, <laughs> now you're a senior and you step into a more um, confident role and a more solidified puzzle piece uh, for the team. And I think that's what I see for Russell with Seattle. And I mean, there could be other players who also fit that bill yeah. for them. But yeah, at the sure. moment, that's the player for me who I see really taking hold of, of the opportunity that's going to present itself with this free agency in front of them. Yeah, I mean she she's also a restricted free agent, but um, mm-hmm. I mean Seattle has match rights, and <laughs> you're looking down the free agent list. I'm not sure. Uh, I, don't, I don't know how much they can improve solely on the center position beyond Mercedes Russell, who is a great player. I think Ezie Magbagor is on this list of people mm-hmm. who they desperately need to show up and, and take a huge step forward next year. Um, and she can, she, she right. played well. I mean, there's times in that game where she handled Brittany Griner, where she brought Brittany Griner out, hit shots in her face. And I think if, if you're Seattle watching that, you're saying, okay, there's proof of concept that this can be our That's center right. or our four or whatever, one of our bigs of the future. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. You got her. I think Katie Lou Samuelson stepped up in a huge way in that game. Yes. And I'm expecting a lot more from Katie Lou. Uh, I think she, this is, it's time. It, it's time for Katie Lou to step up. And I think she should. Yeah. Um, so that those two are the two for me. But here's all right. Here's where we're going to disagree. Is Jordan Canada the point guard of the future for this team? Man, that is a that's a toughie. And again, it goes to you know the dynamic shifting, and now 
there is a complete sense of urgency for you to be that for the mm-hmm. team, Jordan Canada. Um, can she be consistent in that role is going to be the key clearly, but I think it's, it's another maturation moment, right? It's, it's another, uh, move two seats over when you're mm-hmm. coaching, right. As an assistant, like Noel Quinn has done now she's a head coach. So now you own that leadership role now. Okay. Jordan Canada, you're moving a couple seats over in terms of your role. Mm-hmm. So you have to accept that and embrace it and, and really be consistent in it and not just consistent statistically, but consistent mentally and the approach of what that role entails and to be on the court with, with Brianna Stewart, right. Coming back, as you said, she was probably mm-hmm. going to come back, but being on the court with her, like you, there can't be any like, moments where there are lulls in your production or lulls in your focus, especially as the point guard for that squad. So I, I just think that, yes, I believe that she could do it, but it remains to be seen how consistently efficient she can be in that role. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm, I don't, I, I don't see it. I don't see her being much beyond the, the backup point guard because she refuses to shoot. And that to me is the bigger problem. I rally you miss. I rally you shoot 20% on threes than not Same. take any. Yes. And she doesn't. Yeah. And you can see how much that affects their offense when she's on the floor. Cause you know, the, their bench unit in this, in this particular game against Phoenix and for a lot of the season was really tough to watch just because they didn't have someone who could just go get you a bucket and Canada yeah, she's fast. And when she's playing with a totally spaced out team and she's playing with all these great players around her with Alicia Clark in the corner and Natasha Howard rolling to the rim or, you know, Sue Bird standing in the slot, you know, all those great players around there, like it works because the other teams have to pay so much attention to her that she can usually be her defender one-on-one. But in these backup minutes that we saw, and I think Noel Quinn made a mistake by not staggering Bird and Lloyd. She should have had Bird and Lloyd on the floor together. I understand why she did it the other way. I don't think it's like a completely irrational decision, but that's what I would have done. I would have staggered them to have one of them on the floor at the, every, every second. I haven't seen it from Jordan Canada, and it's been four years. She's a good defender, uh, great on-ball pressure, excellent yes. on-ball pressure. She needs to get a look. And she has improved, I think, definitely on defensive end. You see... She gets their screens a little bit better throughout the season. She definitely gets locked in defensively, but I got to see it offensively. And the time is, was now the time right. was now to do it. Now Seattle just gonna have to make a decision with the information that they have. And if it was me, I wouldn't be that comfortable with saying she's the point guard of my future. And then when you look at the free agency list, there ain't a lot of point guards of the future. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know where we're going. I, I don't know where Seattle's going and I am. A little concerned, but they've they've pulled out of it. They they've they've remade their teams on several occasions. And look, you got Brianna Stewart, right? Like <laughs> right. stuff tends and to work out. Exactly. I just think that you know sometimes when you're when athletes who are competitive are forced into opportunities and roles like that, things sure. change. I think you know she is a backup point guard right now because she was under Sue Burke. Right. So if Sue Bird retires and she is thrust into being that for the team, I think you may see a different Jordan candidate. So I'm not going to say that she can't do it, 
Yeah. Because I, I want to see, I'm going to say that after next year, if Sue is retired and Jordan has the opportunity to be on the floor and, and be that for the team. Um, I, I think that would be more fair to her because if she hasn't, she mm-hmm. hasn't had to, I guess is the, is the real thing. She hasn't had to be on her own as the point guard of the team and running the ship. She right. hasn't had to run the yeah. ship. Well, she did. She did primary, it two years ago. Primary. Um, two years ago, she she did, but she was. I, that was well, her sophomore year. Yeah, she was. Yeah, she, she was a baby I, then. I, the thing yeah. is, like, you got it. Like, you got to make the decision now. Like now, That's is, true. like she restricted free agent this year. So to me, I yeah. I don't know. I mean, I don't think they have it. They don't have a choice. Dude. If we want to make it yeah. down to it, like you can't lose all of those players in one year, and the free agency class, while it's good at the top as we'll talk about throughout the off season, whenever that happens, it's, it's good at the top. Not that good depth wise. Okay. Let, let's yeah. move on to Minnesota. Cause now I'm All getting right. sad about it. I'm, I was getting too frustrated. <laughs> I, I feel yeah. bad. I feel bad for their, I mean, their front office is it's been a rough yeah. uh, couple seasons um, because players just, you know, it, it's hard to, the, the, the hardest thing to do in sports is to keep winning. Yes. Not to win. A lot of teams can win. To yeah. keep it up and to keep winning and to keep mm-hmm. the people happy around you, the disease of me, that's yeah. real. That's really It real. is. It really um, is. Do you want to talk about Minnesota? I, I would like to talk about it. And, and it is a little bit, um, that's a little bit sad as well. I mean, Sylvia Fowles, I mean, the look on her face when that buzzer went off. I can't get that out of my head, Gabe, man. I didn't oh. think, I didn't think, I didn't think about it. I really didn't I, think she was uh, oh. thinking about retiring. Oh, man. I, I just saw, you know, the disappointment and she spoke about that after the game. And, you know, when you see uh, Nafisa Collier not playing up to her capabilities and you heard Cheryl Reeve say that as well after the game, like B just didn't play well mm-hmm. for us. I mean, there's no, she's not going to sugarcoat anything. It, it is what it well, is. She did it. And, and she didn't. And she never does. And I love that about her. And it was that was the key factor in their loss in the single elimination game. And I, I just, uh, you know, as a three seed, I, I had a lot more confidence in how they had played towards the end of the season, um, defensively in particular. And Sylvia Fowles being named Defensive Player of the Year, <laughs> Keith part of that, but I just think that they had such great chemistry and momentum and everything. So it was just really, uh, I don't want to say a shock because I mean, WNBA is a tough place to play, mm-hmm. but I was, I was surprised. I was, I was surprised, surprised that, that the level of, of uh, efficiency, especially on the offensive side, wasn't there for the links. No. And I just, so first off, we have to give Chicago a lot of credit in that game. Chicago sure. was outstanding. I mean, they were the, the 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 last three games for Chicago have really been okay. We see this is the team we thought we were getting to start the year. So yeah. I, I want to take a lot away from Chicago. I think they played a great game, but I agree with you on Minnesota. It's just they put to me one of the problems with Nafisa not being Nafisa, and they need and they need her. You know, they need her to be the best player on the court in a lot of games, even better than Sylvia Fowles. And and now if still is not coming back, it's all on your shoulders with the same thing we were talking about with Seattle. But I just thought in this game in particular with Chicago, Mm -hmm. 
I, I mean, it, it would, to me, it just seemed like we didn't, we haven't had enough time to know what we're supposed to do in this situation. Cause obviously the right. playoffs change a lot of things. The playoffs change a lot of things. So when you have someone like aerial powers going in the playoffs, it's easy to say, okay, here, AP, get the ball. However, right. and this is something we, we found out in Washington and Mike Tebow did too. And that's not, that's not the best way to use aerial powers. She is definitely better when she is a secondary option or a tertiary option. Mm-hmm. That's not to say that she can't be a great first option scorer. Sure. It's just her efficiency. Like you get almost the same amount of production with a lot more efficiency when she's not the person who has the ball in her hands all the time, when she's not sure. the person who's trying to force up stuff because she's so competitive that she will force stuff. She will have turnovers. She will yeah. make those mistakes. Be, and it's, and, and because she's trying so hard. So you got to yeah. rein her in a little bit. I think that was that, that to me was just emblematic of the fact that, you know, we, we didn't, this team didn't really have a ton of time to get together. Like, yeah, they play great in that second half of the season, but that was like a month and, and a half. And we're talking about players who are still pretty young, like Chris Dangerfield to have a good game. Obviously, Collier, we mentioned her. Ariel Powers, she had 24 points on 21 shots, though. So it's like, I think this team has a lot of figuring out to do uh, in this offseason together. And I'm, I'm hopeful that they're, I think their future is very bright. Um mm-hmm. But it, it just kind of felt like that, right? Like it just felt like they lacked knowledge of what to do in this situation. Yeah. And that's what I think is, is the most disappointing. Um, you know, you can have the best laid plan. Mm-hmm. And I was mm-hmm. just talking to someone about this, uh, about just the game in general, not this specific team or, or their ousting. But you can have the best laid plan in terms of your, your scouting report, film work, boom, boom, boom. And you get into the game and things are not firing properly Mm -hmm. in terms of focus or execution or expectations or the moment is so big because it is a single elimination that now you're you're playing not to lose. Mm -hmm. And that factors in more times than it is talked about when it comes to um, playing to win. And, and there's a, there's a fine line. I tell you what, you can't be protective of, of losing. You just have to go for it. And I think that is what was missing from, from Minnesota. And it wasn't um, for lack of planning because we know Cheryl Reed and we understand that her staff has all, you know, won championships. Okay. Um, So let's, let's get that out of the way. But when it comes down to application, when it comes down to execution, that was missing, unfortunately, for Minnesota at the wrong time. Yeah. I mean, that that could have happened in June and they would have been like, hey, we need to fix that. But when you're talking about hey, the door is closing and locking behind you if you don't win this game, like for mm-hmm. the rest of the season. And I think sometimes that, that can do different things to different people. And, you know, that can turn you all the way up. Or unfortunately, in this game, it it kind of turned down. Well, it, it was so it was it was on display so much because you look at the other side and then you look at Chicago and they knew exactly what to do. There was no question. There was no they they you know James Wade. I'm sure had a lot to say, but I'm sure a lot of it was unnecessary. Like they just those players obviously Candace Parker was new to this team, but the rest of the team has been together for years now, and that that is so evident it was so evident when like you just saw at courtney vandersloot 
knew exactly where to be. She knew exactly when to throw an assist, when to shoot the ball, when to give it up. When Clea Copper, she knew exactly when to cut for a drive. It was just, you you saw the crispness and that Mm -hmm. wasn't there for Minnesota. And uh, to a certain extent, it's expected, but just based on the way they played in the second half, it wasn't, it it was, it was a little shocking to see them there. Um, But yeah, I mean, I don't want to talk about Sil retiring, so let's just not do that for right now. No, I can't. If if Sil retires, we're going to do a podcast on her. If Super retires, we'll do an entire podcast or a video or something on all both of them because legends. I want to talk about Um, Nafisa Collier. Yes. Are Are you less confident now than you were before this season that she could be the best player on the championship team? Oh man, that that's a tough question. But well, did I you think, think, sorry, I think what, where I should oh. start is, did you, do you think she could be a, a, a best player on a championship team? And are you more or less confident about that after this year? I'm, I'm less confident. Okay. Uh, I, unfortunately. And I love fee. Like mm-hmm. let's get the, set the record straight. I love what she can do when she is at her best, but there are just so many ebbs and flows to to that player that that gives me that answer for you on that. Um, I think that she could become that. I mean, she hasn't been in the league for 15 years or something like yeah, that, which yeah, yeah. T- kind sure. of tell the story a little bit better if, if that were the case. But I, I do think that there's a possibility for that. But for right now, I don't see that. And, and it's moments like that Chicago game where she could have, proven that to herself, not to me. Nobody needs to prove anything to me. But if you show that, we see that. And now I can answer that question uh, 100%. Yes, she can do that. But when you have moments like that, in pressure situations, in postseason situations, that's what they say. Legends are built in the postseason. And that goes both ways. That goes both ways. Not just you going off for 50 in a game. Oh, yeah. I remember that in the playoffs. No, it's also the other way. Like, did you show up? It's as a true best, mirror. Absolutely. As your best self. Did you show up as your best self? That is the challenge. And that's why we love sports, because we want to see the consistency of that. And I think that's why my answer is the way it is. And no shade, no disrespect. I love Fee. Mm-hmm. But I want to see you, Fee, perform in the postseason. And I know you do, too. Fee wants to see herself yeah. perform that way. And I know this experience of her not playing at her best is going to fuel her for moments ahead. Yeah. And with those moments ahead, and she performs like that in a, an elimination game, and I'm good. After that, I can say, yeah, she can be she can be that player. But today, I, I haven't been convinced. It's the best way to say that, I believe. This season was just tough it, it, it's tough this year was really tough for her in a lot of different ways um yeah. she actually didn't miss that many games she played 29 games this year um so it wasn't like a missed games thing right. um but she just never clicked man like this is the worst field goal percentage of her career worst three points percentage of her career i'm so what i am 100 percent confident on i think you agree she's gonna be better than she was this year for sure yes Yes. I I have no doubt about that. <laughs> but yeah, in terms of the development, it was a little disappointing to see her, you know, not do what you're looking for. And frankly, I want to see her shoot a lot more threes. That's when I'll know. 
when she when she's shooting threes and making them in a high clip, that's when we'll know that okay, Fee has a rot. Fee the super duper mega star. He's already a superstar, but right. like the 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 elite, truly elite player, that player will will arrive when she's bombing away from threes and making them. Um, but you know, I, I don't want to like sit here. I don't say she's a bad player. Or anything. Like <laughs> no, she's that's a great not what player. I'm saying. And she, you know, she'll be here next year. She's on the contract. She'll, she's a restricted free agent after that. So she's going to be in Minnesota for a long time. This core is going to be together. It's looking like until 2023, barring a trade, Demir Stantis is the only person that doesn't have a contract in 2023. So the big question is Sylvia Faust, but again, not, not talking about that. <laughs> um, not talking. Not talking about that. But shouts <laughs> to Bridget Carlton. Can we can we give a second to Bridget Carlton? Yes. Yeah. She all right. So she didn't have a great game in this one. Uh what what she played? She played 14 minutes, 0 for two, and no points. Uh two assists. I really love her. I really love her game though. I mean, I think she <laughs> should be going forward. Like she's your one of your backup uh guards. I, I trust yes. her a lot in these situations to play defense. Um, obviously not not. Not in this game against Chicago. I'm talking about the whole year. Right. She was really good. So shout shouts to uh, to Bridget Carlton uh, and Leish Clarendon. They were amazing. Yes. They were amazing. They were. But and I think just, they missed they missed Lay too. You know, yeah. I think in that game, yeah. her energy, her energy uh, on defense, I think was missing. Clarendon, I'm speaking of. Anything else in Minnesota? I mean, I just think you know they have an incredible upside. Uh, I yeah. think with what they were able to do as a three seed going into the playoffs this year, I, I thought that was remarkable for mm-hmm. them um, to, to finish the way that they did. But now I, I just feel they have a bad taste in their mouth with how that last game went and, and not just for Nafisa Collier, but I think for the entire group, they're going to be better because of that experience. And, yeah. and it, sometimes it, it takes losing to win. Sometimes, and I've been around the game for a minute, Gabe, and I've seen it happen. I mean, that drives people mm-hmm. in a way that X's and O's cannot. I mean, it's it's very mental. It's it's very pull yourself up by the bootstraps, and and hey, I gotta be better. And I've seen players come back and be better and win. So I think that that just goes for the whole team in Minnesota. Well, you see it with the four teams that are in the semifinals right now. I mean, all of those teams have heartbreaking yeah. losses in the last couple of years. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, every single one of them, you can look at them and be like, well, they, they suffered for this. Um, yeah. You got to earn it. You, you certainly have to earn it. And I'm sure uh, Cheryl Reeve is going to be extremely chill about all of this, you know, just moving on, not talking about the loss. Um, right. No, kidding. She's going to bring this up every single day. She's probably texting all of them uh, at right now <laughs> about it. Um so yeah. I mean, I'm I think Minnesota and Seattle, to me, going in opposite directions. I think Minnesota has actually. That's this is a good question. Who is the bright future, Minnesota or Seattle? Minnesota. And yeah. I didn't even hesitate. So you know me. If I hesitate, yeah. I'm running running laps in my head with it. No, I, I would say Minnesota. Yeah. And and throw in the factor of of you know the disappointment of being bumped out of the playoffs this year. To that mix, hello, that's combustible to me. I'm going with Minnesota on that. I I agree. It's Minnesota, and again, not not truly a difficult decision, which is pretty crazy for where we were to start the year. Interesting, yes. which is great. Or to start last off season, 
if you told people this, I feel like they would have not believed you at all. Right. Um, right. Man, crazy stuff in Seattle. Yeah. But uh, do you want to move on to the two teams that are uh, eliminated in the first round? Absolutely. Let's let's mm-hmm. go with uh, Dallas. You're going to go with Dallas? Okay. Yeah, we can go with Dallas. I was a little more excited right. to talk about the Liberty, but we'll get to the Liberty. No worries. Um, yeah. if, the Liberty, if, you're, if, you're, if the Liberty are your team, uh, I'm excited to talk about you. But Dallas, um, okay. So they got kind of run out of the building. Um, yeah. against 81, 64 against the sky in the first round. Uh, yeah. it was not, it was not close. Um, where, okay. Is the Dallas, like, do you believe in this group as a concept going for th- this particular, um, mix of players for Dallas going forward as, as getting to what, uh, let's just say they want to get to the semifinals next year. Like, do you mm-hmm. think they can do it? I love Dallas. It, it, there's just something about the youthful exuberance of this team, the no fear mentality of this team. Arike Agumbawale coming into her own as a cornerstone mm-hmm. in this league as an elite player. I, I love this team. I, I love the energy behind it. But I think for Dallas, I mean, they lost so many close games all season. And I know their last game they, it wasn't that close. But no. throughout the season, though, Gabe, I, I don't know what the metrics are on games that they lost under six or eight points. It was a ton of them. It was a lot. It was, it was, a, it was a lot. lot. <laughs> it was a lot. But I think that that speaks to their experience. And the only way that you can gain experience is to play. And I know that sounds like, well, duh, but that is the end game of it. Like, no, yeah, that, that's right. it. I think they're going to continue to mature. They're going to continue to compete. They're going to go hard. You know that. But will they always execute properly? And I think that was their downfall in all of those close games was that, you know, down the stretch, the execution was waning. And experience breeds confidence. So I think with another season under this young team's belt, I mean, the future is crazy bright for, for the wings. I, I love this team. No. Yeah. I, I like it. And we've talked about this. We talked about their yeah. close losses before too. Yeah. Um, and they made it into the playoffs to their credit. When I, when we were talking about their close losses and I was like, you got to win them now because the whole point is to make the playoffs. They want they want enough of them. They had eleven yeah. losses this year by ten points or less, and they had one, two, three, four, five, six losses by by, uh, by less than five points. See, so I mean, I, yeah, right there. They're right, right there. there. So I I like what they have. It's not like well they need one more piece. I don't see that for them. I think they have what they need minus experience. They have what they need minus experience. I think they do need something. I think they need to consolidate. They have too many people. They have too many cooks in the kitchen. I was pretty happy with Mariah Jefferson, actually, uh, in her play uh, last few games of the regular season and in this game against Chicago. So um, she's signed signed for the next couple years. She's actually their highest paid player next year, which is funny. Um, But she did well enough that I'm fine, you know, saying, okay, we don't need, maybe we, we don't need to look for another point guard. I like Izzy Harrison. Um, yeah. I, I like Izzy Harrison a lot. I think she can, mm-hmm. and, and I like Bella too. I think Bella should should play a little bit more and and uh, get like some her. more run. But mm-hmm. 
I don't know. You got to consolidate these pieces, man. Like, why do you have Chelsea Dungy on this team? And this isn't just my Arkansas, you know, sensibilities here. Like, why do you have Chelsea Dungy on this team if you're going to play her? Never, you're not going to play her. And then where is she going to get her minutes next year? I want to see more from a walk year. I want to see more from Charlie Collier. But Charlie Collier got a DMP coach's decision in this playoff game. I know. You got to start consolidating these pieces and figure out who you want to build around because like where you got, you got to sell me on a specific plan, not, Hey, we have a lot of young players in the midst of the playoffs. What's right. the vision? Like what's the vision here? Mm-hmm. Um, and they're going and, and you know, I think Greg Vib is doing a fine job. Honestly, like I've come around on, I've, I've criticized Dallas a lot, but I've come around on it. They collected talent. You've collected the talent. Now you have to do something with it. So that to me is where, is where this team is going to, that's the challenge for this team in the off season. Um, but I want to throw it to you though. Again, I, you know, we asked this about mm-hmm. the piece of Collier. I feel like it's unfair to not ask this about Enrique Gumbawale. Yeah. Is Enrique Gumbawale a going forward in the future, the best player on this team or is it Satu Sabli or B and B if Enrique Gumbawale is the best player on your team, can you win a championship? I say yes to a, okay. I think Enrique Gumbawale is the star of this team. And I love Satu Sable, like, to death. I love her game and her skill set. Mm-hmm. Phenomenal. Arike Gumbawale is a killer. She is a dog when it comes yeah. to clutch plays and ability to get her own shot, whether she's going to the rim or pulling from three in someone's face or faces. Um, <laughs> I just think she, she is flat-out legit, period. Um, but for me... <laughs> Can she be that on a championship team in Dallas? You didn't say in Dallas. Um, <laughs> you said you just said a championship. You just said a championship team. Sure. Um, but I would say, um, I, I mean, I, I just have faith in this team, and I know you know being young, it, that's one thing. But I think with Charlie Collier not playing in this last game that they had. Um, Marina Mabry, I mean, she was up for most improved. I just think that this team is continuing to build momentum. Mm-hmm. Um, Arike Gumbawale, I believe, could be a star on a championship team. She could be the one on a championship team, and that could be in Dallas eventually. Um, but again, it, it's going to take experience to get to that. And, and yeah. it's, it sounds so cliche and so basic, but I mean, I, I can't come up with any other situation uh, for them to improve. Um, but I think with Charlie Collier being the number one overall pick last year, I really wanted to see her on the floor and I really wanted to see her gain that invaluable experience. And you do get the experience in practices. I get it, but there's nothing like game experience. And I think, you know, the same can be said for Chelsea Dungy in that regard as well. I, I think that they have the ability to get this team over the hump when it comes time to, you know, talk about them being in uh, championship areas, you know, and yeah. in, in top four in the, in the league. Um, you know, you talked about all those 11 games, you know, and, and the five or six games with five points or less, whatever you can get those back all of a sudden they're in the top three or four in the league, just with those games. You don't lose games. Like you don't lose that many games like that yeah. without there being a good reason. You know, you, but it's their lack of experience. Is that okay. all? Do you think that's not the, that's the only thing, or do you think there's something else? I don't know. Okay. It is youth. It's youth. Uh, I, I, I agree. But 
uh, how are we fixing the problem? Because, okay, right, Arike, I, I actually agree with you. I think Arike is the best player on this team going forward. I think she kind of has to be. I've heard from uh, people around the league that they believe that Satu Sable actually has to be the best player on this team for them to succeed at the highest levels because uh, they view Arike Gumbawale as more of a pure scorer, kind of kind of like a, a Cappy Pondexter. Yeah. Um, uh, sort of thing. And and I, I I think Arike is a little bit more than that. She's actually shown a lot defensively to me this year. However, she's also showed, like, I don't want to be body language doctor, but she's showed a lot of immaturity. And, like, you're the, like, you're in charge, man. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, you can't look around and, ha- and and be, like, pouting on the bench and stuff if you're the superstar. I'm sorry. Like, I, that has to end now. That has to yeah. end now. Like, you can't be, That's true. you know, being powered like that's to me that's a problem with the youth thing is like okay youth is a fine excuse how are you fixing youth as you go along and that's the problem with this team there's not a vet on this team to tell people hey stop being a pouty you know what you know grow up right and and right. let's win this freaking game who's saying that if it's not Arike Gumbawale so she has to grow she has to show me that for me to believe that she can be best player on the championship team because right. that that's my problem is like, okay, yes, we're youthful. Yes, we have a new coach. All that stuff's great. How you fix it? Because it, it experience is great, but leadership is what really fixes it. So where where is it? Where are the leaders on this team? Who's in charge? Um right. that's a that kind of goes back to my whole co- too many cooks in the kitchen. I think they have a chance though to consolidate yeah. and maybe put these assets towards um different players. I'm sure they're, you know, looking around for different options. And like I mentioned, this whole team under contract next year. So it continuity is a big deal. Continuity right. can help a lot. Vicky right. Johnson, her second year, can be much better than Vicky Johnson, her first year. I think yeah. once you take away some of these toys, you know, some of these like little, mm-hmm. some of these little rookies that just get into the game and just got to be thinking about all that and the future of the team a lot. If you give her a more solidified, simplified roster, Vicky Johnson is going to be much better. I think the rest of the team is going to be much better. But yeah, I I think, you know, I'm, I'm hopeful on Dallas's future. I am not as certain about it. I got to see some machinations towards Mm -hmm. winning. Like if they can't do what they did last year, this year, like don't, you can't be collecting draft picks that that's done. That stage of your development's over. I think Greg, I think Greg Bibb knows that. And I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt, Um, but he's got building to do. There, there's, there's work left to be done here with this roster. Agreed. Um, Agreed. Chatsamina Mayberry. Did, did yeah. you notice? Okay, so I didn't know. I didn't like catch this before this year. There's someone on YouTube. I'm not going to mention the name because I don't want them to be you know, like caught by the WNBA or whatever. But they're posting clips on YouTube, and I've seen Marina Mayberry getting like eight fights this year. She has gotten in so many fights. She has, she has beef with everyone. I don't know oh, if you know in games. In, in games, games. She's not like not in like street fights. Oh, okay. Yeah, scuffles. Say, wow, you it's not cover something like here. Like, okay. It's not fights. <laughs> it's scuffles on the court. And oh, it's like, yeah. I guess I didn't, you know, I, I didn't put it together like this happens to her. Uh, but she she is uh truculent. There's your there's your SAT <laughs> word of the day. <laughs> truculent. She she is not, she is looking, she's looking for a reason. Um, to get into a scuffle, and I, I love that. I love the season she had. Yeah, she's she's a toughie, and, and that's the thing. It's like I, I think that you know she just doesn't want to. 
have the personality or or the notion that she's some kind of pushover that she's mm-hmm. out there like I, no she's like my presence is going to be felt today you're going to feel me i'm going to get this bucket off and and she's shooting shots in the faces of everyone and that's the mm-hmm. thing i think you know she has a lot of moxie she loves to compete and like a lot of players in the league it's not like she's alone in this but i think to your point that that just goes along with um, maybe some verbiage. Um, there have been a couple times mm-hmm. that I've seen um, in games where you know there's some back and forth going on. There's mm-hmm. some there's some little chitter chatter. Um, so you know as long as you can back it up <laughs> with yeah. your play. And she did. And this I year. think she she did that. So there there's that about Mabry. But you got to yeah, I year. love her toughness. She's a she's a tough one. I love it. She's Notre Dame. Uh, there's Notre Dame. Guards, man, they are. They're looking. They're looking for a reason. Don't give them a reason. They're looking for it. Um, yeah. All right, New York. Let's talk about New York. I'm excited about New York's future. Um, yeah. I think this, to me, next year is the year for them. Uh, I think you know, to the, this whole thing, like they're not a young team. First off, right. New York's not a young team. The only Sabrina, right. the only the only starter that's young is Sabrina. The rest of them are vets with experience who know what they're doing. And you saw that leadership come through on on multiple occasions this season. Great. Mm-hmm. Um, going forward, what do you need to see from them to say, okay, like this team can, this team can get to a semifinal. So let's just let's just use the semifinals, get into the series right. as as the barometer here. So getting to be one of the last four teams. What, where is the, where does the improvement have to come from in your mind? Winning. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, quite simply, Uh, but at the same time, you know, I I think it's, it's got to take, you know, that, that focus level of, of competitiveness. I mean, you know, what teams are coming in to do and, and that's to really be disruptive to Sabrina that's to, you know, take her out of her game because of the playmaking ability and the scoring ability that she possesses. And I think when you when you look back at the games that they've had, the games that they've lost, uh, you know, Sabrina hasn't done that well in terms mm-hmm. of, you know, her her shot selection, number one, um, her ability to create offensively for her teammates, number two. And, you know, she's gotten in some foul situations as well. So, when she's at the top of her game, the team's at the top of their game. And I just think there has to be other players to step up in, in the, into those roles for New York on a consistent basis with the understanding that, hey, when teams come in here, they're going to be trying to take Sabrina mm-hmm. out of the flow of offense. Uh, and we, we can't have that be the only um, option for us to be a successful team. It can't just be give it to Sabrina and get out of the way, go one on five, Sabrina, make some magic happen. No, she has to do it with a group of players Mm -hmm. that are just as competitive and just as able-bodied to, to create. And, you know, we already spoke about, you know, the limited number of roster spots in this league. I mean, you made the league for a reason and there just needs to be more consistent production around Sabrina for New York to, to move forward the way they want to. Yeah, no, I, I, so I think the, the improvement, I talked about this at some point on our podcast, like Sabrina had to improve. 
um, before the playoff stretch. I believe I said that she had to play much better. She had to be way more aggressive. Um, you know, I didn't really care about the percentages as much as I cared about the shot, the field goal attempts. I need to see her take a lot of field goal attempts, get a lot of assists. And she did that last month of the season. She showed me uh, the player that she can be now. I think I'm with you. She has to, I think she has to get better. Personally, I think she has to be a superstar um, in order for this team to be championship level, elite level. She needs to be a superstar. Um, but I think we're getting there. I think she's finally healthy. And I think, you know, hey, look, she gives you um, 14 and 11 and 14, mm-hmm. 11 and five. Right. And shoots 41% from the field. That's all right. One for seven from three. Okay. That goes up and down, but I can, if yeah. you give me that, we can win in this game. They didn't win because the other team also had awesome players that were playing great, but this was the right. vision to me. Like this was the vision for a good New York team, that game against Washington, that this game against Phoenix, this is the vision for these teams. Mm-hmm. And I really think you can build, this has not been my saying for the last couple of days. Like, you can build the boat out of Benaja Laney and Natasha Howard. You can build a boat <laughs> to a championship out of those two players because they are gamers. They show up every single yep. night and they, they do. They give you everything, man. I love those two players like so mm-hmm. much beyond what I thought was possible this year. Um, roster wise, they got to add a center. Let's be real. Like this ain't yeah. this ain't the the NBA where you can just run out. Uh, Joe Schmo five guard lineup quite yet that we're not there yet. You're going to need someone who can, mm-hmm. can uh, bang down low with the best players in the league like that. You absolutely need that. They're going to have to find that somewhere in free agency in the draft, wherever it is, they got, they got to be able to find that. Um, right. But I think, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful for the going Michaela on come off the bench. Jocelyn Willoughby coming back from injury. is going to be huge. Yeah. She was so like they, the things that were coming out about her in training camp, were like unbelievable stories about how good she was. So mm-hmm. I'm excited for her to come back. She comes back. I think the whole team makes sense outside of that one, probably like your backup center, like mm-hmm. ostensibly um, just for use when you need them. Like beyond that, I love this team. I think this yeah. team can go really far next year. Um, and if they yeah. don't get to at least that second round, if they don't get a top six seed, honestly, I'll be disappointed. And I don't, I don't know where they will go from there, but I yeah. think Sabrina's showing us what, what she needs. Banaja showing us what she needs. Natasha showing us what this team needs. So uh, I'm excited. Also, shout out to Sammy Wickham. She only had three points, one for four in that game. But she came back, to, like, what, four days later, five days later? Yeah. And scored yeah. 15 and 17 rebounds for Australia in the FIBA whatever thing right. in Australia. Right. I mean, these women are, are incredible. Right. I mean, a lot of players have, have already left to go overseas. The ones in the four teams who have been eliminated were now six Mm -hmm. teams, but uh, you know, a lot of players are already gone. You know, they spend a couple of days with their families and then they fly overseas. And like you said, they pick the basketball right back up, get in the gym Mm -hmm. and play their butts off again. I mean, Sammy Wickham, that's what I was going to talk about her too. Just how, um, you know, the veteran leadership that she provided and, and not that she's, you know, in her 15th, 18th year either or something, but it's, it's sometimes it's more of the presence of a player who has that much experience. Right. And I think Sammy Wickham brings that to New York. She Mm -hmm. brings that level of, of fire leadership as we were talking about um, for Dallas too. I think that is what, she yeah. brings to the table and that is what is going to make a difference for New York moving forward with a lot of key young pieces 
um, to have someone who will huddle the team up. Like I can just visualize her yeah. like, get over here. Hey, come here. You need go over here. You go over there. Boom, boom, boom. And she sets the table for that team in a lot of ways like that. And I love the way that she communicates with the team and, and she was a difference maker for them for sure. And I will always love um, Benajelani. I mean, she is just uh, a phenom and Give me I mean, yeah, I love Give her. Me and on your wedding too. I mean, she's yeah. coming. I mean, she's, she's going to be, She's going to be legit. I mean, she had a great season. I mean, she's six foot. I mean, people forget, you know, that she's a, a, a guard or a tweener or whatever, but she's rugged. I mean, she gets yeah. to the glass, she gets to the paint and finishes and, and she's a toughie. I, I love her game and, and the, the upside for her as well. Yeah. And it's also interesting to think like if the matchups are switched, right? If New York's playing Chicago and mm-hmm. uh, Dallas is playing Phoenix. I don't expect that Dallas game to go any different, but New York kind of right. has a good matchup. New York kind of, kind, of, kind of had a good matchup for Chicago. I would have liked to have seen that game because uh, obviously just like when you're playing Brittany Griner and you're six foot, uh, it's, right. it's it's a little difficult, I would say. It's, it's um, one of the one of the things I don't want to do um, <laughs> as someone who is slightly less than six foot is try to guard Brittany Griner. Um, yeah. No, but I, um, th- this team has the leaders. This team, this team is ready. This team, yeah. They probably should have done better this year. Injuries held them back, and I'll give them an excuse for injuries True. this year. But True. next year, this team's ready to win. So I, I think New York, of the teams that went out in this first round, New York and Dallas, put more money on New York being better next year. But we'll talk about we'll talk about all that um, in the future. Um, you know, I, I know we got to we got to wrap it up because we have things, and we already talked about the semifinals over on YouTube. Uh, semifinals game one. And we'll see what we do for the rest of the uh, rest of uh, the, the the playoffs here. But make sure you go over to YouTube, subscribe to our YouTube channel at Her Hoop Stats. Make sure you follow us at Her Hoop Stats on Twitter. I'm at Gabe underscore Ibrahim on Twitter. So uh, follow us there at Christy W Scott fifty one on Twitter, Instagram, <laughs> and I don't know if there's any other social media things. It doesn't matter. Just Google us. Yeah, um, if you want, if you want to keep in touch. <laughs> But yeah, so if you want to listen to some semifinals breakdown, go to YouTube um, and, and you can hear our thoughts on that. But yeah, I, this was fun, Christy. I'm I'm really, really excited for the offseason now that we did this. <laughs> yeah, me too. Uh, cut the lights out on us again for, for this session of Courtside with Christy and Gabe. Thank you guys so much for joining us right here on the Her Hoop Stats Podcast Network. More semifinal chatter coming at you on the next one yay some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate not one based on Carol she's more focused on hitting a high note than the car in front of her why pay a rate based on anyone else get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate not available in Alaska or California, subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors, which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows all state to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. All state Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.